But if you are all focused on the art, you will get burned out by the business mm-hmm. messing you over. 100%. Okay? And if you're too focused on the business, then you're not going to be in business for very long because you don't stand out. Right. What is going on, everybody? It is your host, Joey Nakotra, here with another episode of The Rough Cut Club with my fantastically handsome co-host, Mr. Shane Ride-Sammer. What's up, brother? What's up, buddy? Thanks for that nice intro. Yeah, man. You amped me up. I feel pumped and excited for today, man. Today, I'm glad you feel good because today is a battle between your boy and you, sir, because uh, we gotta we gotta break down today's episode. This episode is all about the battle between the art versus the business, and uh, we're gonna be diving into what that means, uh, at least in the realm of the business that we do together and the art that we create together, the battles that we sometimes have on and offset, and uh, just talk into speak into how people can navigate through both of those so that they can. Uh, you know, find the sweet spot between the two. The sweet spot, the dance. Yeah, shirts might dance. come off on this one, man. They might get violent. You can take your shirt off. Skins versus shirts. <laughs> okay, all right. Back, back in the day. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. And Yeah, we're trying to keep yeah, it I'll PG. I'll take mine off. You can PG. keep your shirt on. <laughs> nice. Uh, so how do we get started with this, man? Yeah. Kick us off. Yeah, so I wanted to, you know, really quickly talk about, um, you know, the art versus the business. What does that mean in my mind? What does that mean in your mind? Mm. What are, what are, what are we talking about here in, um, you know, the battle between the two? Why is there a battle between the two? Um, and then maybe how people can navigate through that better uh, when they're shooting their next project or just growing their business throughout the next year. You know, Q two, Q three, Q four. Man. So true, because I mean, this and this goes. I think this transcends all industries, right? Yep. But I think uh, obviously it plays a big part in the film or commercial space industries. Um, so I'm excited to hear your your definition and version, and and uh, and then like dive into so many different angles. I think this podcast we're gonna try to keep it uh, within the 40 yeah. minute time frame, but this could be like a three day podcast. Stretch. Yeah. So <clears throat> in short, for me, uh, you know, there is a a battle, there's a dance when you are on set, um, when you know that you have the capability and the ability to do art at a certain level, right? But sometimes, um, you know, with the time constraints that you have, with the budget constraints, with, uh, you know, client desires, whatever it may be, doesn't necessarily allow you to do the art that you want to do to the degree that you wish you could do it at. And so in keeping the business in mind, uh, you know, certain sacrifices at times have to be made. And then also just offset, putting too much focus into one side of the equation or another, you know, will give you uh, a lack of balance, whether you have, you know, incredible art, but you don't know how to market yourself. You don't know how to put that out there. You don't know how to convert your art to dollars or you know whether you're really heavy on the business side and you know how to run a business really well but you're pushing you know art that is subpar um you know for the sake of just putting the business first you know there becomes a conflict of interest between the two at times and so the real art is walking the line between the art and the business and growing in both and planning in advance so that you can do both to the best of your ability I love that. That's a great defin- definition. Yeah. And I will say, 
you know, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Because I, in, I'm just throw this in here right now. Joey and I, we call it the two monsters, right? And I think we both cross. Joey is very business savvy. I hopefully am he's very a good artist. artist. He's, he didn't. He can be humble. He's a good artist. And so, but but we great tend artist. To, Oh, great. Over good. I'm, Fantastic. Oh, he's he, it's setting me up. I feel yes. like we're going to get slammed down, but I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so we, we call it the battle between the two monsters, right? And so Joe and I are these two monsters, like, fighting over the biscuit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the project the is. <laughs> we're called the biscuit, the project. Biscuit to get the biscuit. E- even uh, our business, right? And so it is a balance and a dance. And I got to use this analogy. I'm going to steal it from uh, uh, Branding Gap. Great book. Um, they talk about, and this this really opened up my eyes and made me realize how important your monster, the art side, yeah. is, especially at first glance. And this this kind of transcends even the film sets, which we'll dive into. But the analogy is this: you go to the grocery store and you want to buy a, a special cooking oil, right? And you don't know what what type. You don't have a brand in mind, but you go and you know you want a cooking oil, and so you go into that aisle. And you start looking for this cooking oil, and what's the first thing that grabs your attention? The label. The label, right? Packaging. And, and some pack- labels, packaging is going to speak to some people, some is, you know, know your target audience, right? And so you find that label, and you then you take it off the shelf, and then you turn it around, and you look at the contents, and I guess... Cooking oil is kind of a bad example because there's yeah. not much content in Any it. Any other food would have worked you know, so much better than cooking oil. Let's say there's a couple of different things mixed in this cooking oil. And then you want to read about the nutritional facts, right? And so that opened up to my mind. And that's where the, the business side, right? Here's what you're getting. Here's the value. Here's all of the, the things that you're getting with this project or package. But the first thing they noticed is that... Uh, they packaging. wanted to pick up the package. That's to right. Begin with, yeah, yeah. You got to catch the eye, and so, uh, you know, allowing that space, whether it's in your business or even on set, for the art to have time to create that beautiful label, <clears throat> whatever that is, and whatever whatever yeah. industry it is, it's super important because that is going to be sometimes first impressions and lasting impressions, right? Where the contents, now, because I love contents. Mm-hmm. I'm the bit, oh, man, show me the facts. <laughs> show me the value. <laughs> show me the return on investment, yes. right? I love that. And so, and I get excited about that right out the gate. I'm going to say, hey, I don't care about your label. Turn around. I want to see, the, <laughs> I see right. the facts. But, you know, that's not the majority of people. You're right. going to get you are the for minority. Sure. For I am sure. the minority, and uh, and so you want to catch the eye, and then and then flip over and have, in I guess the film world, the story and the quality to back it up, right? The yep. beautiful package that you put it in, because you can have a beautifully filmed film, totally, and it's complete garbage because there's no story, there's no feeling or emotion. Uh, it's just a lot of beautiful shots, mm-hmm. right? And that's not going to hold attention. Story is a driver. Right. And so that is my wild definition of art versus business in the analogy of the grocery store. And I wish I wouldn't have used cooking oil. It's okay. But cooking oil was fantastic because there's calories in cooking oil. And you need how many, you know, it might be avocado oil. It might be olive oil. It might be. Uh, yeah, my man, you're pulling me. That's you're pulling me back up. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it, bro. <laughs> well, hey, um, no, that's super good, man. Um, the packaging is important. Uh, brand gap, 
Got to read that book. Good book. Um, give me a couple of examples of, you know, what this sometimes look like looks like on set between us um, mm. or, or, you know, other people that you've worked with. Um, what does what does the battle look like um, so that we can kind of talk about, you know, how we work through that and whatnot? There's so many. I'll just, I'll, I'm going to dive in where you're just going to spitball roll into yeah, it yeah, yeah. and you jump into, but I'm going to start with the first one. It even starts in pre-pro, right? 100%. It's a uh, budget, right? It's like, right. hey, I, we've got 100000 to do this short film or low-budget feature film, or we got 10000 to do this low-budget commercial, whatever, right? And that's the business side of it. Like, hey, here's the limitations. And also here's the expectations from the client or said investors for this project. And we need to get there. And then the artist side comes in and says, I want to make this shot look like this. And, and yep. they dream. And that's that's what I love, you know, to allow space for is that the dream to be dreamt. Yep. And, uh, and then sometimes you have to reel it back in and you go, hey, but the, we don't have money to rent right. all of that. We don't have we don't have the days, the production days, yeah. right? And so that is dance number one. I feel like is is uh, reeling in those dreams, which sucks because no, I mean I'm not sitting over there wanting to do that, but yeah. I'm having to keep it in reality because we know clients' budget is X, uh, promises is this, right? right? Maybe. Maybe they want us to execute the video in a certain way that we don't even want to. You know, that's not the direction we would take it. And so that's as an artist, you, you you've come to me and been like, "Dude, what do we do it like this?" And I'm like, "That's great. Like we can take it to the client and try, and they shoot it down because the business side comes in and says, "Nope, we know our brand. We know our uh, direction for this video campaign, and it's X Y Z, and we don't want your art direction on it." And it it crushes us, you know. Yeah. But again, they're executive producers; they they do it. So that's example exhibit A pre pro, yeah. right? There's so many that that goes right. in so many different ways. Well, and and to jump in there, as a DP, right? I'm speaking from that perspective. DPs are always going to want more time. They're always going to want more budget. They're always going to want more crew. Um, I, I say always, most of the time, that is going to be the case. Um, as artists, we want to go in and refine and refine and refine and you know, pick something to death. Um, but what this battle does for a DP is it pushes me to be a more efficient DP on set. If I know I only have X amount of resources, I don't like for that to crush my dreams, so to speak. I like to figure out a creative solution for how I can make that possible with the resources that I'm given. And and the situations that I've been put in where I haven't been given the budget or the time or the crew have pushed me to be able to, you know, execute the project or, you know, a really, really incredible idea that I had with the given resources. And so I think that's what makes a DP really efficient on set. And you see me smiling over here because I'm going, you hear, everybody hears this, right? He says, when I, uh, you know, make it hard on him, when I lay down the business monster, it makes him grow and, and uh, expand. No, I know. I know it's not ideal, but yeah. I, that's what I appreciate it about you and great DPs and other artists is that <clears throat> you can help us work through. Right. Because, again, it's not like, hey, this is it and this is – we want to do right. it this way. Like, everybody wants millions of dollars for their budget totally. to make the film, right? I wish – you know, we, we had no limit, so we can do everything that we wanted. But yep. that's why I love 
partnering with you right. is because we can sit there and go, man, this is it. Okay, so like, how do we help me make this look good, yeah. buddy? Yeah. How do we how do we do this? And always like, I'm never about like under delivering, giving it like I don't want to just do right the basics and what they want. I want to <clears throat> blow them away every time so they call us again, right? Yeah. So that viewers will watch it. Right. So and you. I think that's where the artist comes in, and like you, to your point, it does push you um, to then think outside the box, even, and figure out how you can be creative um, with less tools, less time, yeah, less talent on set. And that's a big thing for me, man. I I love playing with tools, but I also love the efficiency of like the minimalism of tools. And I think Roger Deakins, like his go-to like key light setup, is you know pushing a key directly to talent, throwing in a bounce for Phil and, you know, boom, the sun is to their back or whatever. And you got a perfectly lit, uh, you know, set and whatnot. And you've done it with essentially two tools and, you know, you can make really, really beautiful art as a DP, you know, if you know how to utilize your tools to make better art with limited resources. Man. And I, I want a rabbit trail right now uh, on this because I feel like this is something as a producer I run into a lot where I go, you know, if we do this right, I can bring on a crew of 10. I've got each department, let's say a commercial project, a little higher end. I'm going to bring in, you know, audio department, yeah. camera department, GNE, uh, production, AD, director, producer, uh, you know, all, all the roles. Sure. And because from a business move, it go, it makes sense. I want to spread out. And sometimes it hurts the art. Sometimes it does. Because because of the project limitations. <clears throat> and there's times where you need to simplify, right? And you go, right. do we need all this, right? right. And, and that's where I think almost the art needs to tell us the business to get out of the way and go, yo, we can do this. Yeah, And you've, With you've done that. You know, you've right. told us and we go, oh, that's great. We can reproportion that budget or get more hours or days now. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. we, can, we can spread this a little bit differently. Um, so I think it does transcend even to, or transfer over to producing yeah. as well in that manner. Well, and one of the things too is, you know, it's, it's different from what you just mentioned, but it's something that I wanted to touch on in this topic. Um, you know, as, as a business, you have to have an insight into the art, right? And as an artist, you have an, you have to have an insight into the business mm. and you have to be familiar with how the business is ran and you have to be familiar with how the art is created, um, which will really, really help, you know, give you an understanding as whatever side you're on, how to, how the other person, what they need to succeed. Right. And so, uh, a lot of times if you come to me with a certain project and you tell me, Hey, this is, this is all you got. Like, what can you give me? I want a Ferrari. I have to set expectations with the business and say, hey, this is what you're going to be able to get for that. A Honda Civic. A Honda Civic. And, <laughs> and or, or it might even be setting expectations with the client, right? Mm -hmm. So as with them on the business side, if they want something, there is part of the art that has to set expectations for the business with the amount of reach that they're giving them. And so that's something that I think a lot of seasoned artists can improve on is instead of bef instead of being in the middle of a situation where they're realizing you know that they're put into a box that they're not happy with if they had set expectations about knowing there was a box to begin with in advance certain problems and issues wouldn't have arisen to begin with 
Yeah, that's great. And uh, speaking about issues, let's get into the, the hot, hot on set, yeah. right? Like the art and business. Uh, I think you told me the other day you were talking to a, uh, a filmmaker friend of yours and you know you guys call it the dance yeah right yeah and so the dance on set and you kind of mentioned at the beginning yeah you know, the dp wanting more time and right i'm gonna bring up uh you know it, again the producer director let me bring up uh we, we shot this commercial out uh at the buggy barn yeah, out yeah, yeah. in uh, uh, blanco texas right yeah yeah, yeah. and this is another one of those things. It sounds really lame. It's actually really cool. Really cool Western town. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, go it's basically shoot a an film entire in. Western city. Lots of films have been yeah, shot out super there. Sick. Yeah. So we shot uh, uh, three commercials out there. Yep. And uh, for a, a boot company that we work with, and um, you know there was a there was a, a budget um, set budget for it, and we were also trying to do three commercials. Right. You know, and so as a producer, director, you know, even in our scripting and time blocking and, and shooting schedule, we're trying to figure out how we can, you know, sh pick up pieces here and there of different films. So, so the artist is having to, like, Joey, USDP had to, like, um, think about different looks and feels for the commercials in the different setups right. that we did. I don't, I don't think we crossed over too much, but there was some sure. moments, right? And so... That was tricky, but then onset, right? Then it's the the dance, as we like to call it, right. of I'm telling the AD, hey, we got to make our day, and what's going on, right? And right. AD pushing camera department, and camera department pushing back, or G&E department pushing back, right? right? And it's partly, it, you know, it kind of falls back, like what we said, it goes all the way back to the box, and Pre expectations, and, yeah. and understanding that, hey, we're up against the clock, we're set up with a right. uh, expectation that I think there was actually four commercials we needed to film, and yeah. we had to drop one. We, we, one we told them we would be lucky if we got two, super happy we, if we got three, yeah, and ecstatic if we got four. And right. we got three, right. and they were super happy. They were they. I think uh, I didn't tell the crew this because I didn't want to make it too easy on everybody. Yeah. But they said we'll be happy if we get one really good one. Mm -hmm. We gave them three awesome yep. ones, right? And so um, that dance on set, and, and we can get heated. Like, uh, you know, right. Joey and I have worked five years. It's almost coming up on six this summer. But when when I'm, when I'm in the middle of m me actually getting to try to do art, direct talent, and I want my time, right? I go, right. Well, you know, okay, I can block and I can rehearse. And, oh, we need to move out of the way because they're rolling in something. Okay, let me get back to rehearsing and blocking. Joey, did you see the blocking? Okay, well, watch the blocking yeah, again. Yeah. But he needs his time to do his things, right? And and again, this is more of a rush set. And so it's kind of this fighting over the time. But then I also have to put the business hat on and go, I got to make our day. I got to make our day. Right. So who's getting cheated time yeah. on this, yeah. right? I'm going to fight you for the time. This is where the two monsters come right. in because I say, Joey, how long do you need to set up and light and, yeah. and do this? Because the more time you need, the less time I get to right. run the scene. Well, and, and that's why, and, and they're both important. Yes, yeah. and but that's why, as a DP, you know, for me, I'm always working on how efficient I can be on set. And the more experience you get, the more efficient that you become because you can, uh, you can anticipate, you know, what's going to go wrong, what's going to, what will work well, what will help you achieve what you're looking for, and you're wasting less time, thus allowing you to get more higher quality degrees of shots. And go ahead. And I was, I was just going to jump in and say, and I think that's part of the dance is having the right partner to right. dance with because totally. I think you and I have learned uh, over time um, 
where we need to give and where we need right. to take. And so it's like, yes. you know, I go, you know, he can kind of look at me and get, and I know he's going, yeah, we can shoot it, but but I'm there not won't happy. be lights on. <laughs> but at the same time, I know Joey and any artist can finesse to death, right? Yeah. Like if I yeah. gave you, if I gave you all day. You could still, and, and not like that's nothing right. about your experience or anything. Like, you're an amazing DP, but as an artist, I know you're, you could make it a, like, a, yeah. I don't know, a masterpiece yeah. uh, painted picture, right? If I'd give you all day, and it would be amazing. But yeah. reality is that we have to have that dance, and I have to put pressure on you, and yep. you have to push back a bit and let me know. Hey, bro, we don't even have lights up, yeah. you know? And I go, oh, yeah, that's true. I guess uh, that's not going to look good. Yeah. So that's the dance and having the right partner in the dance. Yeah. And it takes experience too, right? So as a director and a producer, I would say for, uh, and I'm still learning this too, because it depends on who you're working with, but learn how to do the dance. Yeah. Learn how, to, this is something that my father-in-law told me, and I think it's really wise. It's learn how to fight fair. And I think you have to fight fair in your marriage relationship, because fights are going to happen. Yep. So learn how to fight yeah. fair when we're fighting over it's, the time. It's communication, man. you got to learn how to communicate, yeah. 100%. There, um, you know, the the thing that really is something that I always try to keep in mind when I'm on set is I know at the end of the day that it would be better, not ideal for me as an artist, but it would be better to get enough footage to make the video than to get a 75% of a really, really, really fire project. And so I always prioritize, you know, I, I'm constantly looking at like how much I can give on, on the art to a specific shot even in order to make our day. And, and it really is, you know, there's, it, it's a constant battle of how much can I pour into this um, or do I just have to get something? And that's never ideal, but there's so many DPs that get so frustrated and heated because they're put into a box instead of, you know, doing what they have to do to make the film. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's the conversation that you got to have with production team where it's like, this is what you gave me, you know, this is what I can give you. But if you are a great DP, you will be in a better position to make art better art quicker because of your experience in advance. And there's another, um, there's a thing that I heard uh, earlier this week. I was just looking into like Clint Eastwood and how he makes his films. And I think he's, he's like super notorious for always taking the first take. Mm. Um, and uh, I think it's Clint Eastwood. Hopefully I got that right. But uh one of the actors comes up to him after the first take and uh, and just didn't feel 100% on it. And he was like, hey, can I get another one? And he was like, why? So you can waste everybody's time. <laughs> and I just <laughs> thought that was so funny. He's like, we could spend another couple of hours, you know, possibly making it 10% better, or we could just move on right now and get the next shot. And I just think that that mindset, you know, as an artist, you're going to want to perfect that 10%, but having the mindset of, you know, making sure that you make your day, even if it's just 90%, is so much better off than, you know, possibly not getting another contract because you wanted to fight for that 10%. That's great. And and I and I've been on sets where I've seen it go into, well, you know, we don't have everything. We just don't have it. Yeah. And and now we need to Pickup day, it, right. and, uh, yeah. How do we how do we get the budget for that? And like those, 
that's what I never want to feel on set. And so I always do appreciate that, that there is that um, give and take and we can get through the day and make our days uh, so that we stay on budget, you know, when there definitely isn't, you know, O&E overages, you know, expendables budget where um, we have overages or a pickup day involved. Yeah. We, you know, it's great. You should always have that safety net on a, uh, a feature or a bigger project. Yeah. Um, but that we don't, that's not always the case. Totally. And so, and, and I want to clarify too, this doesn't happen on every set. No, 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 like no, this, no. Like there's a lot of times where we're swinging and like I've given you, you know, or AD or if I've done the schedule cause I'm producing it and we don't have an AD and I've given you like a lot of time yeah. and you're like, you're done, and you're like, bro, I'm waiting on you. Like, yeah. I'm I'm set up in 45 minutes. 100. You know, and I'm over there like waiting on me. Yeah. What you know, and and it's, but it's great to hear, you know, and so right. So it just depends on the project, of course. Totally. Um, and the challenge, but I think the dance between <clears throat> the two monsters is is a tough yeah. one when the box is really tight. Yeah, 100. percent Now this is all kind of talking uh, about like that onset right dance right. Um. Let's talk about a little bit of offset. So some of the stuff behind the scenes. Um, one of the things that I see, and this is a different arena, but there's a lot of artists who are really, really, really talented artists, but they don't understand the business. Mm. And they don't put and pour into the business like they should in order to take their career to that to to the level that they desire to. Um Give me some of your thoughts on the freelancer, the small business owner who, you know, they are really, really talented in one arena, but struggle in another arena. Um, Just what are some of your initial thoughts on that topic? Uh, And then I'll jump into some of mine. Man, there's a lot to unpack on this. And uh, I would say this. If you, you have to have both, you got to have the balance of both. And that's why I love in our business partnership, we can lean heavy on you for art and we can lean heavy for me on business, even right. though we can cross over and we yeah. know where we're coming from, which is also good to have, like right. you said at the beginning experience, it, it allows people to put on that hat and drive that part of the machine forward. Right. Yeah. You don't always have that as a freelancer. You're by yourself. You got to have both sides. And I will say the freelancers that have all the art and no business, I see them always getting messed over yeah. and chasing projects, and and uh, and it's like a daily grind. Even for just them. not collecting invoices in advance or things like that, where yeah. there's like business things that they have missed out on, to where they get burned as artists due to the lack of experience or knowledge or confidence to make certain requests or moves. Yeah. 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 It's that over trusting and it's right. it's a lot of that stuff. And so I would say if you're too there's a lot of different things that will happen, but if you are all focused on the art, you will get burned out by the business mm-hmm. messing you over. 100%. Okay. And that's other people, like you said, invoicing, clients, whatever it is, if you're too focused on the art. And if you're too focused on the business, then you're not going to be in business for very long because you, or you will, but you're going to be at a low, low rate because you're you don't stand out. Right. You're right. not unique. You aren't expressing your 
your unique art form. Or you're only selling halfway decent projects. You know what I mean? Like right. you're overselling and leveraging whoever can help you do it instead of, you know, pouring quality into something because you're so sales driven that you have neglected putting the art, you know, as a as a you know pillar of your business that has to be solid. If you're selling art, the art better be good before you just dial in sales and just find anyone who will subcontract out to knock out the project, you know, without building a brand identity or anything like that. And what you see with a lot of those too, where they just focus on the business, not that yeah. worried on the art. And I, I can't, I won't say the company's name, but this will go back to like wedding film days as well. And it was a, a competitor of yeah. ours and they reached out just blindly via email totally. directly to me and said, Hey, can you shoot this wedding? It's this date and here's the rate. And I'm like, you don't want to see a portfolio or you don't, you don't know who I am. And, and sure enough, like this company went on to have a lot of issues with, you know, freelancers not showing up, uh, or quality of work dropping. So the, the business side, it's, it's also goes to growth, right? They right. grew so fast and the demand for it right. was so high that they just made it into a business and totally. said, let's just copy, paste, repeat, and yeah. let's see if it stays together. And I'll say I've seen a lot of production companies, wedding, non-wedding, commercial, corporate rise and fall over the 12 years that we've been in business. And a lot of times it's because of that focus, over-focus on the business side. How yep. big can we get? How how quickly can we scale? How soon can we have a office? You know, all yeah. of that stuff that um, should come in time. But if you go too quick, you're doomed to fail. Right. Yep. That's good, man. It's good. Um, so one of the other things, too, that I want to talk about uh, with artists, um, you know, again, I know a lot of really, really talented artists who should be farther in their careers than they are. Um, one of the things on that that's important to not miss is the networking component, right? That's a that's a component of business. Um, I mean, it's a component of being an artist, but in my opinion, that that leans towards the business side of things and building relationships and contacts and, and, and whatnot. But some of my best art was born out of the focus on the business where I networked with the right person that provided me the opportunity to make some of my best projects to date. And so I think that as an artist, the focus on the business, you know, isn't one of those things that is necessary neglecting the business or, or neglecting the art, I, I meant to say, uh, but can lead to making some of your best art. And so I think that there are artists out there that need um, – you know, who, who may need guidance in on the business side, when they actually go and, and see that through, it can actually help and benefit their art and take that to the next level. Instead of it just being this burden, so to speak, it could be the pathway to give you your best product. Yeah. Well, it's a, uh, I don't even know what these tools in the toolbox could be, but let's, let's break it down for, yeah. let's, let's look at freelancers, right? right? And you have a lot of experience as a freelancer um, over the years. So it not only, you know, with our company, but you freelanced out with a lot of, uh, other companies. So what would you say, how do you find that balance, right? Between yeah. the art and the business? What were some of the like big things that, you know, you have learned or are learning that you're like, man, I gotta have this in place yeah. either on the art side or the business side. Well, I think, I think, you know, 
if you are a freelancer and that's the boat that you find yourself in, um, there are certain pillars of being a freelancer that you cannot neglect, right? One, you have to continually be growing as an artist so that you stay relevant because I can't tell you how many people I have started out with who are now, you know, right around the same level as me because we're all growing at the same pace. They care just the same to grow as I do. Um, they say that, but they don't, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, but like, you got to have the hunger to continue growing, right? When you're continually growing on the art side, you also have to make an important pillar of your business growing the company, growing your efficiency, growing, uh, the structure of your business, putting systems into place to help you. Um, you know, these things, when you put the work in on the business side, you will see fruit from it on the art side, right? And, you know, even going back to networking, like when you make hitting people up on Instagram and sending those DMs, shooting off emails from LinkedIn, uh, you know, reaching out to other production companies, reaching out to other artists, you will see that you get opportunities to make cool art with with people who are also cool artists. Um, And so I think that, you know, you can't, if you fall in love with one and you really, really hate the other one, I think that's when you know you need a business partner. And I think that that's one of the great partnerships that, or one of the reasons why we've had a great partnership is because I am not as passionate about the things on the business side as you may be. I'm definitely passionate about them. I care to grow them. I, you know, we do all of our stuff. But if you had to choose one or the other, you might lean more towards business and I might lean more towards art. If we had to pick, you know what I mean, on a whim. And so having someone, like if you're super passionate about the art side, finding someone who's super passionate about the business side that can help you, that can be your other half and do the things that are passionate about doing things that you don't want to do can help set you up for success in your freelancing journey. Yeah, I think that's great. Finding a finding that partner if you're going to stay on that that freelance side, um, but even before that too, you nailed it by hitting. There's just you, you mentioned two business things, right? The networking, the reaching out, doing the work, right? Because right. there's a lot of artists that make dope content, throw it on their Instagram, and that's all they do, right? Right. And if you hit the right algorithm, or you know enough, you already have a good network of people following you. Maybe you do get some offerings and jobs. But doing the work is the business side of reaching out, networking, going to events, DMing people, getting connected with production companies, talking to producers, right? Putting and just in building that, your own business. Yeah. As a freelancer, you are your own business. You are the brand, yeah. right? You are the brand. And so <clears throat> that is putting in the work. And then systems is super important. And that helps you not get burned out, right? right. So, uh, you know, what is what is my policy on payments, right? right? What is my, how am I going to receive payments? What am I a, a sole prop? Am I a LLC? Am I a S corp? Like all of even the tax stuff, right. right? Is super important. So taking the time to do your research and figuring out what's best for you and in, in your journey as you yeah. go through the tax brackets and, and putting that policy in place. Um, even if it's not you know, written down, although I would suggest like writing it down for yourself even. That way when yep. you're talking to a client or a producer or a production company, you make sure that it's lining up with your your policy. Um, so structure. Totally. And, and that and that's <clears throat> what I found is when I was a freelancer and then 
forming the company, Cinema Story, it was uh, policy, processes, and formulas, right? You got to have uh, all of that, and you got to have to stick to your guns on a lot of it so you don't get burned out, right? You got to teach people how to treat you, and that's a big thing, too. I think artists sometimes get, because they're freelancers, they get put in a lot of different situations, mm-hmm. and they get treated a lot of different ways. That's right. why I love... Again, set of a story where we can bring in artists yeah. and say, hey, this is this is our culture. This is how we do things. And we do bring in outside contractors. And you do um, have to kind of fit into this because we want to create a, a workspace that is X, Y, Z, right? Yep. And um, and I think in the freelancer world, again, that's where you get burned out because you're like, man, this producer treats me like crap. This producer is cool, but they don't have enough work for me. That You know, there's too much. So, so those processes and systems are so time-consuming. Joey, how often do I tell you that I've got like a backlog of all these things that I have to do for the company? Still, right. twelve years in, right? I, I always tell people we're like the biggest, uh, the the oldest startup media company mm. because I have there's a lot of stuff up here and even up in here in your brain, and then we, we got to dump out into the company. And every time we do, you invest in the business, we grow, right? Right? We've gone one x, two x over the years. Uh, and we'll plateau, and usually it's because when we get too busy not to focus on the business. Right. And we'll plateau in growth. And then when we in, actually slow down and invest in the business, we do a 1 or 2x. Yeah. Right? And so that's how important it is, man. Yeah. 2x business oh, increase. Yeah. 100%. And that's revenue uh, and, and cooler projects, too. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, that's why I'm, I'm so geeked out about the business yeah. side because I've seen the metrics increase, right? Yeah. And I love the art side too because without the art side, we don't have any business right. doing right. that right. either. Yeah. yeah, and it's not to uh, again, it's not to say that there is no art side on your side or no business side on my side, um, because Shane is a super talented producer and director, um, and in a past life, camera operator, DP himself. Where's the record button? Yeah, <laughs> um, and I I would think that he would say that I have helped grow the business as well. hundred percent. We and, wouldn't be where we are without you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Um, but you know, it's, it's the focus on, on both has to be there, but there also has to be an understanding of, you know, the other side, um, so that both parties can ultimately do a better job, um, offset and onset. Um, so as a director, right. Cause not everyone listening is a DP, um, as a director, what are some ways that you have seen the art versus the business come into effect, um, you know, on that side for you? Man, that's the uh, that's the Clint Eastwood analogy, I yeah. think. It's the internal struggle of, and again, maybe because I'm on these smaller projects or commercials and I have to make my days, and I go, whether it's a, whether it's a, interview that I'm doing mm-hmm. or it's a scripted piece and I'm working with an actor and I go and I run the scene I run the scene direction feedback let's run it again and it's like I'm not getting this and so that's the balance of the business I go I could spend mm. an hour on this and then I cheat myself on the other shots right the other scenes and so that's one of the biggest things I have this internal struggle and I would love to not have that in the back of my head. I'd like to have, you know, I love it when I have an AD that comes and tells, like when I can turn off the business hat, 
that's when I'm a better director because right. the AD comes and says, "Hey, we got to move on. You got you got ten minutes, you know." And I'm like, "What?" Then I feel like Joey. I'm like, "You is do this you want to film you, at all? Do you want do you want <laughs> it to look like yeah. this? Yeah, exactly. Have you seen this performance? Right, right. Um, and so that for me is one of the biggest things, man. It's just you know you do want more time, but at the same time, I would say knowing uh, when you have to move on. Yeah. That's the biggest thing when you have to pull the plug yeah. and you move on to the next shot. Like Clint Eastwood, obviously, right, <clears throat> is a G to be able to go. Yep, that's that's what I want, or that's yeah. close enough. Or we're going to the next one. Yeah, don't waste our time, type thing. You know, you you got to be prepared. Right. <laughs> and uh, I ain't there yet, man. Yeah. I want to play with it a bit, and I like the one for safety. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the one for safety. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's one thing too that I wanted to bring up, um, which is something that the business side has to keep in mind or they can often forget, right? As an artist, when I'm DPing a project, there is a ton of vulnerability that comes with being an artist and putting your art out on display. Mm. And if you are on the business side and not giving your artist an adequate amount of time and forcing them to make subpar art, it it can be a very uh, emotional call for them to make to say, let me knowingly make bad art that my name is going to be tied to. And that's huge, man. It's something that the business side needs to keep in mind is that you are putting artists who have an emotional attachment to the work that they're making. You are forcing them to do something that's not in their, you know, wheelhouse or they, they don't want to do it. And it, it anyway, shots fired. This is where the shirts are coming off. Time to fight. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> And I, and I, uh, and, and I, hopefully, you know, oh, I know for sure, that too. For sure. And it's, uh, it is that, it is that struggle because it's I've struggle, seen, man. I've seen the blood leave your face before, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've seen that and I'm just like, man, I know, like, I, and again, right. that's where I, you know me like, yeah. well enough too, where you're like, totally. I know Shane's not happy. Oh yeah. You're really upset. You yeah. know, I'm not happy, but we're both kind of like, it is what totally. it is. We got to go. We got to yeah. get, we got to get this. Yeah package wrapped up and it ain't an intervention between both of us but he sat me down with the, for this podcast yeah, sat him for down. this moment it's like we gotta have it come to jesus right <laughs> no, now but it's good to, it's good to hear and i, I yeah. think uh it, it's always good to remember that man yeah. and it it is um an emotional uh process yeah. on on the, the art side for sure yeah and it's a very stressful process on the business 100%. side and stress brings Anger and sadness yeah. and all sorts of emotions, right? Because yeah. in, in anxiety, right? Anxiety. I want right. to say that, and I just want to. I know we're getting super long on this podcast, but I, I, there's so much to unpack. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about you know, even how we do things on our film sets a little different. It's it's a uh, a little more you know departments are are kind of mixed together. You know, th there's this hopefully this family cultural feeling, and some people get on our sets and they're like. Yeah, this is this is definitely not a union set right, at right. all, right? <laughs> yeah, because you got like you know you guys are all like willing to help each other, right? Yeah. Unions like you know you're not in camera department, you don't stay touch in that. Your lane. You're not yep. in light, you know. And then there's a reason yeah. for all that, right? As well, but um, we do it a little bit differently, and I would say um, even the culture on your totally. set has uh, a business versus art uh, setting, right? Yeah. And I think, um, and I'll call the art like the, I guess the uh, the fun side of it, where the yeah. business is is the like, because there are, there's reasons that right. a PA shouldn't move a red camera, totally, you know, like there there are reasons, and we do have you know rules like that as well. 
But I think uh, one thing that I learned from working on a Hulu set, I worked on 11, 63, uh, the Stephen King film. Yeah, they yeah. were in Dallas. I, I did some PA work, man. I yeah. wanted to go be on a Warner Brothers set and just and like kind of see how the, the big boys did it, right? And I, I was blown away with how much they separate art and business. Mm. There's a bubble, okay, that only the director, the DP, camera team, um, lived in. Okay. So you got this circle here, the bubble. And then the AD is the person that's going in and out of that bubble. And everybody else is outside that bubble yeah. and you don't go in that bubble, right. baby. They are the artists and they are like, it's, let's call it the egg. They're getting right. cultivated. They're like hatching, you know, this beautiful chicken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was, chicken. yeah. And it was amazing. Cause we were literally just business, you know, keep it locked down, do this, yeah. move this you know, uh, move these background over right. here. And it was uh, very interesting, the separation. And you have to do that on, on, yeah. on big sets because you can't have, you know, uh, too many too many cooks in the kitchen even, right? right? Um, and so really, really interesting to see the how that's broken up in real life on set and done so well because filmmaking is a business, even though it creates show business, art. baby, exactly. show business. It's a business. That's awesome, man. Um, anything um, else that you have run into, whether it be you know a horror story um, of the not doing the dance well, you know what I mean? Maybe mm. uh, is there a moment in time when you can remember? Um, you know, one the art really just crashing and burning, or the business crashing and burning because you didn't walk the line properly. Oh, I don't want to relive the traumas. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, I think we do a good job of trying to yeah. navigate those seas. There's always the, you know, the things where it's the expectations, right? You know, expectation wasn't set. Client clients asking for that Ferrari, and we're trying to give them a Ferrari, but it's really a, a <laughs> it's, Honda Civic painted like a Ferrari. Yeah. Right, and it's like Corvette. Call it a Corvette. Corvette. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. So uh, still nice. Midlife crisis. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's a. The, you know, we've had several of those sets where it's like I think one of the issues that I get myself into is that I will I I find joy in finding uh, success for other yeah. people or their businesses. Right. I want to provide them ROI, which really brings back business to sure. us and and more opportunities to create. Sure. Right. So. Other people's success fuels my passion to create. That's my tagline on Basecamp, and I, and I truly mean that because it does give me more opportunities to create in different ways. Whether That's it's a great project, tagline, bro, and internalize that. Thanks. The uh, issue is sometimes that will I overpromise or over want to please. I'm a yeah. yes guy, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I need this in like uh, t yesterday, and it needs to be. X, Y, and Z, and and I'm and like I'm not gonna. Here's one thing I don't You're do. You're a magnet for those projects, by I the way, <laughs> man. They, because because I can get things done, but I but it, what I don't budge on is budget. I yeah. go, hey, you're gonna reduce scope of work, right? You want that Ferrari, but you don't have the cost for the Ferrari. I do have to explain to you that it is gonna be this Honda Civic. It can still go get up to 60 miles per hour, but it can't get up to 120 miles per yeah. hour, right? So you have to explain it to them. Some clients won't get that. You know, they don't understand it. And so I still am trying to make that Honda Civic go yeah. 120 miles per hour. Yep. And so I think that's where uh, I get myself in trouble because um, I want to push that art yeah. to the 120 miles per hour when that art 
it's not that that car is not going to go that fast. Yeah. I mean, a Honda Civic really would. Yeah. But three, <laughs> let's say 300 miles per hour. Yeah. yeah. That's good, man. Well, um, you know, for those who are listening there uh, and getting started on their filmmaking journey, you're midway through or, or, you know, seasoned vet, there is always a dance to be had with the art and the business um, and finding a way to walk that line well, pour into both pillars of your business, um, and, and just put some structure in your life to to make both of those a priority is ultimately going to set you up for success. But it's something that you never it's not a destination that you arrive at where, you know, it's, it's always a dance. Um, but those who know how to do the dance well are the ones who truly succeed. And if you can find yourself a, a, a partner uh, you, you can create those bubbles, right? right? So one of my goals is to try to create bubbles for my artist and cinema story that they can create. In. Right. And so I, let let the business person handle the contracts, the consults, the right. invoicing. Let the creatives have that space to yeah. really just focus on the creative well, and visuals. And, and that's, a, that's a good point, though, because that's, that's really inside of the company structure versus the freelancing structure, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so if you're a freelancer and you find that you really, really just hate the business side, there are tons of companies that would love to, you know, employ you to do that one thing that you love and you don't have to be a freelancer in order to make it uh, in the industry. And, you know, if the art is your passion or the business is your passion, there are lanes that you can stay in and just do that, but in the context of being a freelancer, you are your own business and you have to wear both hats. If you are not your own business or don't have the desire to be your own business, you can pick your lane, stay in that bubble, and do just the thing that you love to do the most if that is your MO. Yep, I agree, man. And uh, I know you always say this, uh, but, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, DM us directly. Yeah. Uh, I think our handles are on the screen. And then, of course, at the uh, Rough Cut Club podcast, because, man, I love to chop it up about the yeah. business side, about the art side. I've got like a dozen books. I will tell you, on the business side, yeah. you're, you're never done reading and researching. Just like on the art side, you're never done watching and, right. and learning uh, you know, new techniques. And so, yeah. you know, I'm all about growth and growing and we're not done yet either, man. Nope. We, we, we're always figuring out the balance. Learning how to dance better. Yeah. Yep. Two monsters In dancing over the biscuits. Dancing monsters for biscuits. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, dude, this was a great episode, man. I really enjoyed this. Um, anything else you want to leave the listeners before we sign out of here? Man, Best of luck finding that balance. Uh, find a dancing partner. Find a dancing partner. <laughs> find your other monster biscuit chaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, yeah. bro. Well, hey, before we sign out of here, uh, one last thing. Uh, if you are not connected with us, we would love to get connected with you at the Rough Cut Club uh, on all social handles. Give us a follow uh, on our podcast channel. Be sure to leave a review um, so that way we can continue to make more incredible episodes like today. Uh, toot my own horn really quick. But, yeah, like, subscribe, do all those good things, and uh, we will see you on the next episode of the Rough Cut Club. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. Dig it. <laughs>